You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. I am delighted to have today or bring to you all a concept that has been running for the past two or three months, and it's hashtag Green Wings Challenge. I have the pleasure of being joined today by Edward Thomas, where this inspiration came from, from Jim Marine, and Rachel Galt from Yacht Carbon Offset, who is partnering up with Jim Marine to get this rolling. Edward, lovely to have you on the station. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Edward, can you bring me back? I mean, it's been a big year for all of us. And actually, as I was saying to Rachel before this, unfortunately, sustainability has been somewhat overshadowed by an incredible talk about pandemic and U.S. presidential elections and whatnot. But I mean, this is why I, I love this, because in some ways it was just a, such a lovely, refreshing start of talking about sustainability again in the industry. And from your experience, where did it start for you? Where did the inspiration first come from? Well, I think first and foremost, the, the, re- the year of not doing any travel has been so odd. I mean, I, I did, as, as you will have seen in the video, I did 38 international flights in 2019. But I know a lot of our colleagues do a lot, lot more, I think. And that's what we found out throughout the Green Wings Challenge is that we've got some incredible flyers in our midst of the yachting industry. And having spent the year at home and not really traveling, it's been a, it's been a big time of reflection. And it, it's been fantastic in some ways because it's been easier to focus on the business and not be pulling the laptop out in the airport lounge and rushing from place to place, trying to keep up with work. But it's that reflection, I guess, on how much of an impact your flying has on your own job and your own role in the company, but also on the world around you that has been a lot easier. You know, you've got a, the grass is not greener from the other side, I guess. It's, and it's taking, yeah, having that, having that chance to reflect on the year, having not done so much flying is where the Green Wings challenge came from. And I know that throughout the, throughout the years of being in yachting, talking with a lot of colleagues, you know, it's almost been a little bit of a badge of honour amongst some people and salesmen and things saying, oh, you know, I've done X number of flights this year. You know, I'm on three flights a week. And, you know, a lot of people in industry, whether it's our industry or other industries, see that as a sort of a mark of international success and uh, you know that you're out there striving and working hard and that it is. But that has to be offset, I guess, by a, a consciousness as to what the effect is on the environment and the world around you. And I think that that's an important thing that we need to, to educate people on. That's what the Green Wings Challenge has been all about. Well, I think that was, you know, in, in some ways, the if, if we're looking for silver linings of, of lockdown, you know, one of the shiniest silver linings was the discussions of dolphins in Venice and people being able to smell things and birds and bees and this beautiful re-entrance of nature into our lives that we had, I think, in some ways, for most of our generation, somewhat lost in the same way as it had been, you know, 50 years ago before aviation became such a mainstream of our lives and our work. And I read recently a startling statistic that uh, 5% of the world's population creates 50% of aviation pollution, which just 
is astounding. And when you consider how much all of us will produce, you know, over even over a year in the industry between boat shows, between meeting clients and then, you know, your own personal visits back home or whatever, it really can accumulate in a startling way. I completely agree. I completely agree. And actually within our business, I am the number one flyer. But when you start to get into bigger companies, one of the one of the chief contributors so far to the Green Wings Challenge has been Wyco, who've gone through an apps a monumental effort. So many of their staff members are you know, taking the challenge and signing up. And when you've got a big company like that, there are so so many frequent flyers in a business that the the overall footprint of the company is unbelievable. So for us it's a big we can make a, a big difference in terms of our, of our business with just offsetting mine but it's quite small in the grand scheme of things and getting these big companies to to have a think about their footprint and and make the move forward is fantastic and it makes me proud that our little company can have such a big effect with these big companies who've really kindly got on board and and that's all credit to all credit to them and all, also all credit to Rachel who's you know worked really hard to put together the scheme with me and has uh, got some absolutely brilliant initiatives with, with which we invest our carbon credits in from the green wings challenge so uh, yeah pretty cool and, and i think so, it's uh, worth mentioning the putting some some figures on the uh, uh, the amount of carbon footprint in, on average in the UK, I think statistics say that each per capita, the UK's uh, carbon footprint is about five to six tonnes per person per year. Um, now, um, looking at Edwards flights for 2019, uh, the flights alone clocked up to close to 10, 10 tonnes of carbon. Um, and then for, for the larger uh, flyers, the higher, higher frequency flyers, the, the tonnes were, were the north of 100 tonnes. Um, so, uh, sorry, that's just, it was north of 50 tons. So we want me to cut that up. So, uh, the, the, um, their flights were north of 50, uh, 70 tons. So, um, it's a significant amount of just the flying it alone is a significant contributor, uh, to the carbon footprint of, of any individual. Can I just, on that topic, just to understand if we look at our carbon footprint, I presume then it's an accumulation of our our aviation, our car, and presumably also our, even our houses, how they're run, what fuel we burn, how well insulated it is. Um, all of these would kind of accumulate all together. There are so many factors that can go into a carbon footprint. And, I, and it really depends on where you want to draw the box as to you, how you can measure your own carbon footprint. It, it's important to, to use measurable, so not to, to sort of uh, focus on the finite detail, the easy ones to capture are certainly your flights, your car usage, the power in the company or in the house, uh, simple things. Then, then you can add things like your waste. How much waste is a, is a household or a company producing? Um, how much, then you could look at the footprint of deliveries. I'm certainly for, I'm sure for Edward's business, uh, deliveries, where, is, where are the, where are the um, assets being sourced? Where are they being delivered to? How, what is the transportation involved in, in that? So um, the, the box can get bigger and bigger and bigger the more uh, focused you get and the more intent on, uh, on reducing your carbon footprint uh, you are. Uh, and, and what we say is that we're very much focused on pr promotion, promoting the reduction of your carbon footprint. Uh, it's not just a carbon offset. It's 
setting isn't just an excuse to carry on doing what you're doing and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm through it. I'm going to come off it anyway, so it doesn't matter in terms of my lifestyle. Uh, we're saying reduce, reduce as much as you can, and then there will be an unavoidable carbon offset, a carbon off footprint that uh, can then be offset. Uh, and I think that that's where we're, uh, and where we come in with a carbon offset uh, solution. Well, because it's similar to our understanding of, for example, plastic pollution. You know, it's all very well to recycle, but actually, even recycling, there's still only a certain volume that can be recycled. The best is to actually try and avoid using the plastics. And if you do need to use them, reuse them and reuse them. You know, and there's some great uh, uh, similar kind of uh, companies coming into the yachting sector in terms of looking at plastic usage on board and trying to, to use uh, um, onboard infil uh, filtration systems to, to uh, reduce the plastics. Uh, and then looking at the, the, the flow of materials on and off the board, cosmetics and uh, everything. Everyone is trying to do their bit. And there's so many players out there that are, are taking steps. Um, and there's plenty more to do, of course. But it is good to see that the, the, the industry is tuning in to, to their footprint. Before we go in a little bit more about how, how it goes, one of the things that amazed me, Edward, when I was last talking with you was actually to be honest the cost of it is I, th I think most people presume it's going to be expensive but when you accumulated all your flights that you had had and you put that to actually the cost of the carbon offset it it's startling it's it, this is not something that should be um, prevented from happening because it's going to cost too much sure and that's definitely what startled me as well and I think that that's that you know I'd had this idea to, to do this challenge for a while, but uh, what really, I guess, set the thing into, into motion was finding out just how cheap it was. And when I totted up all of my flights I, uh, in the beginning, I and sent them off to Rachel to get a quote. I chatted informally with a number of my staff and my wife, and we talked about, you know, what, did, what do you think this is going to cost? And we had answers ranging from, 500 pounds through to 1200 pounds around the office and then you know my my bill came back and uh, it was around uh, oh i can tell you it was 95 pounds 52 <laughs> so it, and that was really really unbelievable because you know 95 pounds 52 i don't think you can even get a return flight for that uh, not out in bristol anyway um, unless you're flying ryanair of course which is another thing <laughs> i was going to point out <laughs> the ryanair one <laughs> But you yeah, but the thing the is, Ryanair, maybe, <laughs> once you get to the airport, they pay you for every breath they take, you exactly. take in the plane. <laughs> so you pay them. No, so that was what's amazing. And I do, I do think, you know, when you look down the list of some of our uh, trustees that we've had, as, as a good example, who was I talking? I was talking to someone about it the other day. Yes, the key crew guys, you know, their offset for the – no, it wasn't key crew. It was um, – the other recruitment company we did, Wilson Hannigan, they were the, they're the only company thus far who've done a full corporate flight offset with us. And Liam very generously decided to offset all of the flights for his business um, for 2019. That was 58 flights. Their offset cost for those 58 flights was £220, which is the cost of a return flight from Gatwick to Nice. And if you think that that's all it costs to offset the whole cost of flights for an entire small business i think everyone can do that every year one extra return flight and the benefits are just so so great 
to you know to the planet and you know to the world around us and everyone's doing their little bit bit that it's something that I think that everyone should be doing and part of that part of the campaign has been about trying to educate smaller businesses that carbon offsetting isn't just for massive corporations it's for you know, it's for everyone and I think that's been well demonstrated by the the range of companies that we've had taking part from massive companies in yachting like Wyco right down to you know smaller one man uh, one man companies like Ken Hickling who's a who's a consultant who's offset his 20 flights and paid his 84 pounds it's brilliant and that's what I really enjoyed about it when I think also that it's that easy I I actually did look at this last year going to the Monaco yacht show um on the kind of sustainability, you know, how could I get from Mallorca to Monaco in a more environmental way? Now, it's a little bit of a challenge being on an island. And as it turns out, it does take quite a bit longer to try and, you know, get a ferry or fly to Barcelona and take a train. Unfortunately, travel for most of us is an inevitable part of our work. But to have a, a way that we can do it that is is balancing out the effect of it i think is has got to be the the way forward for all of us and the kind of ripple effect of not just industry people but i certainly had first heard of this concept from lauren ryburn who's the green stew and she was talking about yeah she's sweetheart and she was talking about carbon offsetting and trying to get other crew as they, you know, went to new jobs or came back on rotation to offset their, you know, their flights, that the the kind of ripple on effect, if it could be industry wide, that it it's a kind of such a simple thing to do and an expensive thing to do could be immense because um, we may be a niche industry, but if you look at how many people are involved in the super yacht yachting industry around the world between boat shows and regattas and all the professionals it it's huge if you consider all of those miles accumulated gets into very big numbers <laughs> one of the things that i've wanted to touch upon what which i which came out quite a lot during the early stages of the challenge and obviously we're we're still only about halfway to hitting our target but uh it's interesting. A lot of people that I spoke to and I reached out to personally said, it would came back to me and said, oh, well, my company already offsets my flights for me. And I kind of think that that's, it's a good thing. But equally, um, when I, the, th- the thing about the Green Wings Challenge, which has been, which I think has been important, is that it allows the individual to take ownership of their own emissions it's very easy to sit, you know, to, to work for a big company and, and, you know, for someone in a far away office in another country to do your carbon offset for you. But doing it like that's fantastic, but it doesn't help the individual understand what their impact is on, on the environment and give them the education with which that they can then try and make a bit of a difference through changes in their behavior you know, combining different multiple meetings into a similar trip or, you know, choosing, a, as you say, choosing a more carbon neutral method of travel. And I think that perhaps with, you know, with the Green Wings Challenge might be a good opportunity for larger corporations to take a look at some of the, the ways that they do their carbon offsetting and their travel offsetting particularly and look at, say, well, perhaps we should be involving these individuals more and having them take a bit more ownership of it. I don't know, maybe something to, something to think about. 
Yeah, and I no, also but I, I think the point is a good one, Edward, but in terms of transparency of the offset, because it's fair enough to say, okay, well, my company's off to offsetting, but that individual probably doesn't know what they've done uh, in terms of the companies or action the company's taken. And what we try and do um, at your carbon offset is to um, lift the cloud of uh, uh, of uncertainty around it to try and make it as, the process as transparent as possible to explain which projects we are supporting, what impact they immediate impact they're having on the environment and how, uh, and and it's many many people that you you see um, from the other carbon offsetting sites say oh well your money will contribute to projects like the following but they don't say they are contributing to a specific project and I, I think that's very important for people to feel they really they can see where where their, their money is going and where the action is being taken I think that's very important and we can we can discuss those mm. as well Maeve. well actually I was going to move on to that of certainly um, I agree that the personal responsibility I don't know if anyone else has teenagers that you have been spending a lifetime trying to reinforce which plastics go in the plastic recycling bin and what you can trash. And that's for compost. I'm sure many families have this, but part of that training is that awareness of it's not until you you have your three or four bins that you realize wow, the difference it can make if I do this carefully, if you can see how quickly your plastic bin can fill up, that personal responsibility when you're doing it for yourself and you're actually looking at it, I think does make a really big difference. But I, I think possibly also carbon offset is, it's certainly not a new concept, but widespread, it's a newer concept. You know, it's not something you would have heard about that much of two or three years ago. And I think there's a, okay, I can fly here and I can offset my miles and then I don't have to have a conscience about anything. But Rachel, could you go into a little bit more so people actually understand what's involved in offsetting your carbon? It's not just making a 98 euro donation, but what's the process behind it? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. So um, stepping back in terms of what projects register for um, to, to be carbon offset projects, they, they have to be projects that um, wouldn't exist um, really due to financial purposes um, on a standalone basis without the support of, of, of the sale of the carbon credits that they, they generate. Um, so they tend to be projects that are in um, poorer countries, uh, the, the European countries, or, or have a method themselves of um, of supporting uh, renewable energy projects uh, and renewable promoting renewable energy. Um, but if you look to, to Africa or, or many smaller communities, um, those projects cannot exist. The governments haven't got the, the way of supporting them. So um, a project will come together and say, but perhaps we always look at a step back. We always look at a renewable energy projects because uh, a renewable energy project is something that generates power from a renewable source. So that is typically solar from the sun, uh, hydro and wind. Geothermal is another uh, renewable energy source. So by generating power from those sources, you're not using uh, a fossil fuel to generate the power, which is a, a day, daily and, and the most typical form of power generation. So for every megawatt of hour that, of, of power that would have been produced by a fossil fuel based plant, 
Uh, it's now being produced by a renewable source. So there's no there's no footprint. So the more that we as a as a globe, as a um, population can shift to renewable energy, the less amount of carbon dioxide is being emitted for the amount of power that's being consumed. And that's very, very favourable. And it's immediate saving. So the carbon concept, uh, carbon credits concept came in on the back of that to try and promote, promote uh, the poorer regions of the globe to, to shift to renewable energy. And there is a very formal and registered uh, process to go through for any project that wants to become carbon credit registered. And we focus on projects that are typically registered through the GOLD standard or the, uh, the VERA registry. Um, the Verified Carbon Standard Registry, same thing. So first of all, they have their verification through this very formal and, and uh, detailed process to become registered as a, as a energy, a renewable energy carbon saving project. So that's their first tick of quality. Then as an, en- an entity, we, we will select the projects uh, that we feel are relevant to the yachting industry. So we're looking and supporting projects that are typically in coastal regions or in, in areas where the yachting community uh, travels to and enjoys their own uh, uh, yachting experience. Um, and we, both uh, the founder of the company, Mark Robinson, and myself, have, have a background in renewable energy. So we can look at the documentation associated with the project uh, and confirm for ourselves that it's a project of quality. So once that's gone, the project's gone through the, those two selection processes, we will then offer it to our clients. And so we know that for every credit, every ton of carbon saving that project is making, uh, they will issue a, a one carbon credit. Um, and so then ton for ton, the carbon offset is done by purchasing the, the, the correct number of carbon certificates uh, from the project. And most importantly, they are cancelled on the registry. And, um, and, and, and at that point, the saving is transferred from the project to the individual, because otherwise what the, the, the argument would be with the, that carbon credit could be sold on and sold on. But no, we purchase the carbon credits and then uh, cancel it from the registry. And, and you can see for yourself on the registry, and we've got public uh, announcements on the, uh, the registry for Green Wings Challenge. These, these credits have been purchased uh, on behalf of the of the Green Wings Challenge, so uh, it's quite transparent, and that's important. I think. And then it goes. Do you delegate? You know, this project would need a bit more investment at the moment because they're only setting up, or uh, this one, you yeah, know, no, needs to be maintained. Yeah. The- can people say, look, I'm, actually, I'm from. Um, Central America, do you have anything happening in Central America? Because that's where my heart really is. And that's absolutely. where I'd like my credits to go. Yeah, absolutely. We will. Uh, and one important thing is, is the projects um, that can't start producing carbon credits until they're operational. So there's no construction risk or risk that the project doesn't exist. So the saving has happened for them to produce the carbon credit. Uh, so um, then that saving gets transferred to you as an individual to offset your own um, a carbon footprint. But yes, the, the, we have a, a standard um, portfolio of projects that we offer our client. But if somebody wants to, as you say, are passionate because of their certain um, background that they want a specific region or because of their activity, they want a certain region or indeed a, a certain type of technology, uh, then we could source specific projects for them. So um, 
Uh, and there are there are a vast number of projects out there, but you have to be careful that the project is actually a carbon saving project rather than a, a social um, impact project. And there's plenty of, of projects that also call themselves uh, produce carbon credits, but the, the immediate impact and reduction of CO2 is, is, is less uh, measurable. So could you give us just maybe one example of one of these projects that you've seen grow over the past year in particular, mm-hmm. so people get kind of a real idea of uh, what's happening there? Yeah, so the uh, I can talk about the Aruba project that we chose for the Green Wings Challenge. So that that is a project. It's a wind wind power generation in 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 Aruba, so in in the area in in the Caribbean. And before they would have had to import fossil fuels. They don't have any natural um, fossil fuels available to them. So as a as a an island, they would have imported fossil fuel onto the island to generate their power. And it's a it's an area which is has good wind footfall and also um, a good solar, but on this particular project is, is wind. And therefore, by constructing the wind farm, they have m- removed from the grid the fossil fit fuel-based power generation. So they are shifting away and, and reducing their carbon footprint by uh, using this this wind farm, and there's also other benefits. So locally, because communities, then the uh, other emissions and the, the local uh, pollution that comes from a, a power, a, a fossil fuel power uh, generation, are reduced. Um, and then there can also be some um, social uh, advantages in, in terms of employment of, from from building a new plant and, and things like this. So there's a, a number of benefits and. Uh, and it really doesn't matter. Um, I think that's an important thing. The CO2 saving is global. It, it all happens up in the atmosphere. So if you are, some people say, well, why if I'm here in, in the UK or in Europe, should I really be supporting a project that's halfway around the world? The impact on the ozone level, it doesn't matter where you're making that saving, that that positive impact is, is happening. Um, we have to look very big picture. So I'm going to ask one last very obvious question probably to you, but I think it's good to sort of remind people because we've had so much come our way about pollution and stuff like that. But in very simple terms, why do we want to offset our carbon? What's the detriment? I mean, everyone knows fossil fuels are bad, but actually I think somewhere in the whole discussion of pollution, Mm. it got a little bit lost why we don't want carbon in our atmosphere. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. In fact, what we've tried to do, and if I would p- push people to our website to look at a, a video that we've produced in terms of about carbon offset, so hopefully that addresses it a little bit. But in terms of um, the, the the impact of carbon in the atmosphere, it, it breaks down a layer of, of gases, the ozone layer, which ref- which stops um, heat escaping from our atmosphere. So there's, there is a, a natural reflection of heat back into onto the globe as the carbon builds up, which is what is contributing to global warming. And then with the, sh- the global warming, there's a whole shift in the in the balance of um, of our of our globe and the, and the way that uh, that everybody and everything interacts. So it's a, a very a very complex interaction. But overall, uh, more carbon in the atmosphere leads to uh, overall heating of the atmosphere and then a breakdown of the the equilibrium that we have seen historically. And as that's why we're seeing increased uh, polar melting and uh, 
very freak weather weather patterns that are not no longer becoming uh, one off events. They're becoming uh, annual events that are that are increasing. Uh, it would appear year on year. And unfortunately, even though um, many European countries have a 2050 mark, and actually, I saw the UK recently came in that they were banning diesel and gas cars as of 2030. Every time I see these dates, 2030 and 2040 is still a long time away. So, you know, as a global population, we can't move quick enough. And well, hopefully we can. I'm still optimistic, but (laughs) we need to move as quickly as we possibly can, each of us individually, in order for our next generation and the one after that to really feel the difference because there is a an hourglass that is um, unfortunately going down very, very quickly. Mm. And depending on which scientists you, you hear, you get variable times, but certainly it's not in the longer time frames that one would hope. That's absolutely. And with those long dates, it's also easy for people to pass the buck and say, well, it's it's not it, it's nothing to do with me because these are the targets for for another one or two generations, whereas everything has to start the day and the education of the next generation has to start the day. And it certainly is. And I think I've, I've said a number of times that when we see in the yachting world and the pressure on the on the yacht captains to take up a carbon offsetting program, that pressure is often coming from their very younger members of their crew. It's not coming necessarily from the from the mature owners or from the it's not coming from the top downwards. It's often from the bottom up where, or upwards where the pressure is coming and people are shouting, we have got to do more for the industry, uh, which is great to see because uh, there is a hope that the younger generation are going to be carrying this, this torch and, and doing it well. Fantastic. Um, Edward, if I could pass back to you, you know, for, I mean, you have this open to everyone in the yachting industry, be it small business, be it, I presume, crew, be it big business, you really you want to get everyone involved with a very big end goal. <laughs> sure. I mean, we've done uh, a pretty good job so far of inspiring businesses in the yachting industry. And uh, from my perspective, I think the next step for the Green Wings Challenge is to push a bit harder and do a sort of relaunch, I guess, with crew and captains. It would be absolutely wonderful if we could get some of the uh, captains of the bigger yachts to sign themselves and and their crews up to join the challenge. We've got a fair way to go to our target, but uh, you know that's not to say that it's going to be difficult because it seems that we've got some serious flyers in our midst in the industry who take off quite a few of the miles in one go whenever they do their flights. So yeah, this is a plea to yacht captains and yacht crew out there to take the Green Wings Challenge, sign up and uh, help us hit our goal. And in order to do that, the goal, I believe, is about getting to the moon and back or just to moon the moon? Moon and back, because moon and back seem long. 10 times. <laughs> yeah, no, that, to be fair, it's quite a long way. We're, we're trying to get to the moon and back 10 times. Uh, and uh, we have uh, a target distance that is 7,688,000 kilometers. We've done uh, approximately 3,300,000 kilometers. So yeah, we've still still got a bit of a way to go, but I'm very confident we can do that. So the next level is going to be the sun, I presume, after this then, huh? 
turns out the sun's actually quite a long way away. When we were first thinking about this, I thought, <laughs> well, to the moon and back once isn't far enough, so should we have a look at Mars? But it turns out Mars is a very long way away as well. So we're sticking on shuttle runs to the moon. It's kind of like a uh, carbon neutral bleep test. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly becoming um, more, more of a realistic target, I think, as well, with the commercial flights to the moon. Of it. But, I mean, I sure. just... Two or three months—that's that's just huge to have accumulated that much already. Fantastic news! And in order for people, if if they want to get part of it, do they go to the Jim Marine website? Do they go to Carbon Offset Yacht Carbon Offset? We have a. How does it work? We have a. We've got a, a specific page on our website at Jim Marine dedicated to the Green Wings Challenge, which is jimmarine.com forward slash green hyphen wings hyphen challenge. And on there, we've got a, a running total progress bar. We've got our campaign film where you can uh, see what we're all about and uh, how the challenge came about. And we've also got our wall of trustees, which is a uh, big list of all of the, the uh, industry people that have taken part and the companies that they work for and on there you can see how many flights they took the number of kilometers that they traveled the emissions that are linked to those flights and then the what they paid for the offset so from there you'll get a pretty good idea of what you could be in for once you've uh, once you've done totaled up your flights and uh, it gives you the option on the page to send that information to us which is received by our team and rachel rachel then does a quote sends it back to you with a uh, with the, the amount it's going to take to certificate and offset your flights. And following payment, you then receive a certificate and further information on where the money has gone and what the carbon credit's been invested in. So it's a very seamless and quick process. And yeah, we're hoping that we can get lots more people on board with your help. Indeed, yeah. Fantastic. And there's, a, there's a, an easy link to the page from the Yacht Carbon Offset uh, uh, website as well. Okay. And if people want to find out and understand a bit more about the bigger, broader scale of um, carbon offset, they can contact you, Rachel, at Yacht Carbon Offset. Um, the easiest thing is to go to our website, yachtcarbonoffset.com. Uh, and there's a lot of information there, including a, an about carbon offsetting page with our video, but uh, and all about the processing, the pricing and the, the projects that we've selected and that are available, including the Aruba project, which is selected for, uh, for, this, for this particular venture. So very happy to hear from anyone. Fantastic. Well, Rachel Gould and Edward Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. Can't wait to see how quickly 10 times to the moon and back is going to take you. But it looks like you're uh, already fairly along the way of this great journey. Congratulations to you both. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll give thank you, you very much. <laughs> this is Super Yacht Radio. Super Yacht Radio.